much time uh, in our introduction. If you have your Bible with you, um, let us go to Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 10. We've been in the book of Ephesians for the past two years, I believe. I joined this church around last year this time Ephesians chapter chapter four. We are coming to to the conclusion of the book. Um, we are in chapter six. Apostle Paul is giving his final exhortations to to the believers in Ephesus. And may we read uh, Ephesians chapter number six, verse ten. I will read from verse ten to uh, to verse eighteen. I will focus specifically on verse 10, um, even though it, it is a short verse, but I believe um, a whole lot of uh, other things, everything anchors upon this, this short verse that we are just going to, to read uh, now. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says that, finally, be strong in the Lord, and in the strength of his might. Amen. Uh, this is where my text will be. But let me just continue to read up until verse up until verse 20. So that we just see the context uh, in which Apostle Paul writes this. Verse 11, it says, I put on the war armor of God that she may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this place and darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the war armor of God, that you may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fasted on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith uh, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmets of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an, an ambassador in chains that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. So last week Pastor Joe gave an overview of uh, this whole text. I will focus uh, specifically on verse 10. Now verse 10 it, it begins one of the most famous passages in the book of Ephesians, uh, especially by Pentecostal. Pentecostal, it's, uh, it's Ephesians chapter number 6 from verse 10 to 18. It's one of their favorite, most favorite passages. Usually they, they, they misapply it, they miss it. Um, this comes, this thing comes after Paul's instruction to the church in Ephesus on how they are to conduct themselves as Christians from chapter 4 in light of the theological realities he points them in from chapter 1 to 3. Uh, in light of all that God has done, uh, he is now giving them a final charge. And before he encourages them, before he instructs them, to put on the whole armor of God. And it, it is important that he did it that way. 
and it is important because a lot of Christians uh, miss that. They jump over this thing and quickly go to verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. And, and the thing is, uh, first, you must be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then you put the whole armor of God. Most teachings in Christian warfare or combat neglect that first point of being strong in the Lord. If you take a weak man who can barely stand and put the, the, the best armor on him, he will still be an effective, ineffective soldier. Um, as the saying goes, which says that a weak soldier is a dead soldier, he will be easily beaten. And, I, and, and um, even as I am um, speaking about this, I'm thinking of First uh, Samuel chapter number 17, uh, the scene when David goes to, to meet a Goliath. Um, it is said that uh, Saul was given the, the best armor in the land, was given an, uh, an armor to wear as he went to, 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 to confront Goliath. But uh, listen to what David says. In first Samuel chapter number 17, verse 44, he recognized that his strength did not come from the armor that he was wearing, but his strength came from the Lord. And this is what uh, David says in first Samuel 17, verse 45. And David replied, um, you come to me with sword, he's speaking to, to Goliath, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, whom you have defied. This was where his strength was. Amen. Putting on the whole armor of God merely on its own is not effective. You have to first be, um, you have to, um, to be in the Lord's strength. You have to stand in the Lord, in the strength of the Lord. Amen. So, before a soldier is given a gun or shown how to fire a missile, he goes through basic training and, 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 and the reason for that is, is to equip the soldier so that he would be effective in using the weapons that you are giving them. So verse 10 is, is important. We must not jump over it quickly. Now, Ephesians, uh, we know that Ephesians 6, from verse 10 to 18, it is the classic text on spiritual warfare. But however, by reading the whole book through, you realize that uh, spirit, you, you find spiritual warfare through the whole book um, in the form of Christ's victory and evil's attack upon uh, the people of God. Amen. Uh, you see this firstly from the victorious picture of Christ uh, that is painted in Ephesians chapter number 1 verse 3, where Christ is seated above in heaven. Let us right hand of the Father, above all principalities. Amen. And in uh, chapter 1, verse 20 to 22, uh, he repeats the same sentiment. In chapter 2, verse 5, it, it says that we are seated together with Christ in, in, in heavenly places. Amen. Um, you see spiritual warfare in salvation. In chapter number 2, how human beings struggle with enslavement to the power of the prince of the air. Amen. Uh, Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, we were once uh, children of disobedience. Amen. Um, you see, uh, uh, spiritual warfare, um, when in the struggle that human beings have with their own sinful desires, uh, this, is, uh, this is shown in Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 4. Amen. Um, the struggle that we have with our own sinful desires, which are against God. Amen. Uh, you see spiritual warfare in chapter 4, um, which highlights uh, this, this wrestling with putting off the old man, putting on and, and putting on the new man, which is sanctification. There, there is this wrestling that we are having against the flesh, against our former self. So spiritual warfare, it's, 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 it's written throughout the book of Ephesians. In chapter 5 and chapter 6, uh, you see uh, this theme of spiritual warfare, um, even as he highlights um, 
as he highlights uh, this uh, uh, inherent struggle to submit to the authorities that God has given us, uh, whether in the context of marriage, uh, whether in the context of uh, our children obeying their parents, whether in the context of employees, um, in the context of employees uh, or slaves obeying their masters, or whether in the context of masters abusing their authority. So you see spiritual warfare uh, written throughout the book of uh, the book of, of Ephesians. Amen. So the warfare that Apostle Paul is prepping uh, the, 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 the saints at Ephesians, at Ephesus, in verse 10, it is steeped uh, uh, throughout the whole book. Amen. And uh, in addition, I remember Brother Tanaka mentioned uh, last week that Ephesus, it was the center of pagan worship. Um, they hosted uh, uh, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, um, the Temple of Diana, um, and uh, we see in X18 how how they were they, they were so deep in, in, in magic, how they were so caught up in dark arts and mysticism. After after the word of God had been preached in Ephesus, people went and, and, and bent their books, their their books of dark magic. They, they were delivered from mysticism. So uh, spiritual warfare was 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 prevalent at Ephesus. Amen. Um, Paul preached the gospel there. Uh, the account is written in X chapter number 18 to 19. And, and, and he calls the havoc as the word of God grew mightily. He pastored at Ephesus for three years. And then he then sent Timothy to, to preach there for one and a half years. And, and when he wrote the, the letter to Timothy, he's countering false doctrines that have come into the church at Ephesus. Amen. So they were begging with false doctrines as well. So it, it was of everywhere, this kind of a, a warfare. It was everywhere um, in, in, in Ephesus. Um, he was confronting false teaching, strange doctrines of, uh, of, 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 of devils. In First Timothy chapter 4, he speaks about how um, the, the, the false teachers were now uh, putting out uh, false doctrines, uh, such as forbidding people to marry, amen, uh, forbidding uh, certain foods, and um, uh, denying marriage, amen. Um, he speaks about how the, the, the church uh, had an issue with uh, women now wanting to exercise authority over men in the church, amen. So this was a, this was a church that was still in spiritual warfare, amen. Now, let me rush to my to my text. Um, be strong in the Lord in the power of his mouth, in the power of his mouth, might. Where else do we see this reference in the Bible? Now, if you read the New Testament carefully, the New Testament writers, they highly esteemed the Old Testament. Unlike uh, today's dispensational audience, we think that the Old Testament is, is still the Old Testament, Chimunya. The, 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 the New Testament writers, they quoted and alluded to the Old Testament most often. Amen. And apparently, Paul quoted the Old Testament um, very much. And he referenced it. Um, he said uh, just over 250 connections to the Old Testament in Paul's letters. There are 93 citations, 42 quotations, and 121 allusions to the Old Testament. So this is the man who knew his Old Testament. Amen. And I think this text, Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, is one such allusion, uh, one such allusion where he alludes to an Old Testament picture uh, which I will show from a number of uh, texts in the Old Testament. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I, I want you to walk with me as I will draw um, our application even from these Old Testament narrat narratives.
Um, so the first place where the first place where we see this reference is in Exodus chapter number fourteen, the Exodus moment. Let me just quickly read it. Exodus chapter number fourteen. Uh, let me read verse 4. And I'll harden Pharaoh's hearts, and you pursue them. I'll get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Verse 9. So the Lord hardens the heart of Pharaoh, and he pursued the Israelites as, um, as they were leaving uh, Egypt. Verse 9. It says that the Egyptians pursued them. All Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army and overtook them and came at the sea by Pihah, Heroth, in front of Baal-Zephon. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. They feared greatly and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken our us away to die in the wilderness. What have you done to us, bring us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is it not this what we say to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may save the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to save the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see, you shall never see again. Um, verse 14, the Lord will fight for you, you have only to be silent. Amen. So, this is uh, one of the places where you see uh, such an illusion. Um, Moses is, is, is told uh, to tell the people of Israel to, to stand firm that God will fight for them. Amen. The Egyptians that they, they are seeing, they will see no more. Amen. So you, you have that exhortation uh, there as well. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 20. Let's go quickly to Deuteronomy chapter number 20. Uh, this is when Moses was given the Israelites laws concerning warfare. I'll read from verse 1. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When you draw near to, to the battle, and the priest shall come forward and speak to the people, and shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for battle against your enemies. Let not your heart faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them, for the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies, to give you to give you victory. Uh, so it is the same thing as you are seeing from, uh, from Ephesians 6. Paul here in Ephesians 6 is taking on the priestly role and he's assuring the, the, the people of God of victory. Even before the warfare, the Israelites knew that God was with them and he was going to fight for them and that their victory was assured. And this is what Apostle Paul is doing before um, he goes on to speak about warfare in Ephesians chapter 6 from 11 to 18. Amen. He's exalting them to trust in the Lord regardless of how fierce their enemy is. God is with them. Amen. You see the same thing in Joshua chapter number 1. No, I assume a lot of you know this one. Joshua chapter number 1, verse 6. Uh, this is when the children of Israel um, were at the door of the promised land, were at the gates of the promised land. They were about to receive the promised land, to enter into Canaan. And there have been uh, many reports before of how fierce the Philistines were. Um, Moses at some point had sent some spies 
to go and spy the land of Cana. And they came with a bad report. They came saying that we were like grasshoppers. We saw sons of Anak. There were giants there. They, they, they had chariots. Amen. So the, the people of God are probably were demoralized. In the context of Joshua chapter number one, is that Moses had died. The, the, the people of God are felt as if um, they were lost without a shepherd. And, and Joshua is about to take on this war of the people of God's uh, commander. And it, this is what the Lord says to him. Joshua chapter number one, verse six. Be strong and courageous. For, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I sold to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Uh, verse 8. Um, I'll, I'll jump verse 8. I'll quickly go to verse 9. And verse 9, this is where you can clearly see the, 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 the reference that Paul is, is, is sort of like drawing from in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. If I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. He's repeating it over and over again. If I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. So before they possess the promised land, God is promising them that he is with them. Amen. Um, you see this charge again in um, first, first Chronicles, chapter number 28, verse, uh, verse 10. First Chronicles, chapter number 28. This is David's charge to Solomon. Before he he's about to die, and he, know, he knows that his son uh, will succeed him. And, and uh, God had promised him that his son will build uh, the temple for him. And this is the charge that he leaves his, um, his young son, who is, who is about to take on this, um, this huge role of becoming the king of the people of God. Verse 10 says, be careful now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. And be strong and do it. Uh, let's quickly jump to verse 20. Then David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, is with you. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the house of the Lord is finished. Amen. David in 1 Samuel chapter number 30, verse 6. And, and, and I'm thinking that Paul, when he's writing Ephesians 6, verse 10, is someone who knew his Old Testament well. These are the scriptures that he is thinking of when he's trying to comfort and exhort this church that is going through persecution, that is going through suffering. When he's trying to exhort this, to encourage this church that is going through warfare. Uh, these are the scriptures uh, that, that probably came to his mind. Amen. That he probably strengthened himself with. And, and that should strengthen you uh, and I, even as we read this uh, this morning. Uh, first Samuel chapter number First Samuel chapter number 30. And David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Because all the people were, beat, were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Amen. So I'm thinking that um, Apostle Paul, this is exactly what he's thinking of. Um, David in this moment, um, he, his, his capital had, had been besieged by the enemy and they had taken his wives captive. And, and, and he was distressed, distressed because the people, even his, 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 his comrades, they were, um, they were blaming him. And the Bible says in verse 6 that David strengthened himself in the Lord. Amen.
So, I want you to note something from Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 10. Um, note that it does not just end by saying, be strong. There's a context. Be strong in the Lord. Amen. Because that idea of be strong, you, you hear it almost everywhere. Amen. But that is not enough. That is not what Apostle Paul is talking about. Um, He's saying that be strong in the Lord. It is not enough to say, uh, be strong. Um, and, and what you see here, uh, you, 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 you hear a lot of uh, this uh, type of language. You know, be strong. A lot from um, the Red Pew um, Manusia movement. They are telling men to men up. Amen. But it is not enough. It is not enough. What we see in David here is, is a picture of true masculinity. Amen. He drawed his strength from the Lord. Amen. It is not his own valor. It is not his own competence or skill. It is not machismo. Amen. This is not red pill machismo. Christians are called to man up, but they are called to man up in the Lord. They are called to be strong in the Lord. Amen. And, and, and anywhere else, if, if you are to be strong anywhere else, but not in the Lord, it is idolatrous. It is self-idolatry. And it, it is important that we distinguish that. Amen. You, you cannot save yourself. Amen. Um, our strength is, is, is found in the Lord. Amen. Uh, you, you see also this allusion in uh, Zechariah chapter number 4, verse 6. Zechariah chapter number 4, verse 6. Uh, this is when Zerubbabel um, he was leading the, the people of God from uh, that way rebuilding the, the second temple. And the context of this scripture is that they were probably facing some head or some challenge. And the Lord uh, sent a word by the prophet Zechariah to Zerubbabel. Verse 6 says, Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel? You shall become plain, you shall bring forward the top stone, the, the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. Amen. So, God sent a word through the prophet Zechariah to Zerubbabel. That it, it is not by might, nor by power. But it is by my spirit, says the Lord. It, it is the same exhortation that Apostle Paul is giving uh, the saints in Ephesus. And, and we'll see why even Isaiah, Isaiah expounds this text. Amen. So in the New Testament, you see this uh, same exhortation uh, repeated elsewhere. Uh, Philippians chapter number 4, verse 18, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, John chapter number 15, verse 4, Jesus is speaking about how his disciples ought to abide in him and how they cannot do anything apart from him. Amen. First uh, Corinthians uh, uh, 16, verse 18, uh, quit ye like men, be strong. Amen. It's, it is a charge that is repeated over and over and over again in scripture. Amen. So, what does this text specifically mean in light of the new covenant. So far, I've, I've shown Old Testament pictures that sort of allude to what Paul is saying here. But in our context, in light of the new covenant, what does this text mean? Amen. We, we have seen this sort of encouragement being given to the Israelites when, when they were being delivered from, from the tyranny of Pharaoh. And you, you, we've seen this, um, this encouragement being given to 
to the Israelites, to, to Joshua in particular, when he was about to lead the people of God to inherit the promised land. We, we have seen this uh, promise being given to, to the armies of Israel before they went to battle. They, they were encouraged to, to not be faint and to be strong in the Lord and trust in, in, in him. We have, we have seen it uh, being given to, to Zerubbabel and, 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 and the people that he was with when they were rebuilding the, 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 the second temple. So in light of the new covenant, um, how does this text apply to us? Now, I would like to, give, to begin by giving a distinction between these two terms, uh, might and power. Now, let's go back to our text, uh, friends, Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, might is inherent power or force. A muscular man's muscles display his might, even if he doesn't use them. Might is, it is a reason of strength. Amen. Now, power, on the other hand, it is the exercise of my might. When the muscular man uses his might to bend an iron, he uses his power. It means that the reserve of power is now in operation. Amen. Now, God has vast reservoirs of might that can be realized as power in our Christian life. But his might does not work in us as we see passively. It, it works on us as we rely on it by the Spirit. And, and the, the scriptures clearly uh, show this picture. Um, let me read um, Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 19. Uh, let me start in verse 17. That the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your, of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us, towards us, who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he waked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now, he prays that believers will know the greatness of his power to, toward them according to, to the waking of his great might. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 3, verse 16. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Amen. You see the same... Um, <clears throat> he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. You, you can see here that the spirit is how God's glorious might is applied in the life of the believer. It's echoing Zechariah chapter number 4, verse 6. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Um, let's read uh, Colossians chapter number 1, verse 11 as well. Let me start at verse 9. And so from the day we had... We have no cease to pray for you, asking you that you may be filled with knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience, and for all endurance and patience with joy. Amen. Amen. So, you see, that 
when the believers are strengthened with power according to his glorious might, the, 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 the endurance and patience and joy are the results. The fruit of the Spirit is the result. Amen. So, here's what I want you to see. The Spirit is the answer, is the key to the believer's battle with sin, uh, the devil, the, the flesh, and the world, and any kind of warfare that the church or Christians go through. Paul here in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 is calling all believers to rely on the power of the Spirit as they go through warfare in their context. Amen. God is actively with us and fighting for us by the Spirit. Amen. He is with us and he's fighting for us. He does that by the Spirit. And it is also interesting to note that the word translated might in, in, in Greek is dunamis, which is the same root word translated power in Acts chapter number 1 verse 8. Uh, Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So Paul's prayer, therefore, for the church at Ephesus is that they might know the power of the Holy Spirit working in their lives, doing for them what they could not for themselves. Amen. And after laying this charge for Christian conduct, after giving them these imperatives, uh, put off lying, put off anger, he's telling them, you cannot do this by yourselves. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and 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 this is uh, this is the truth that we need uh, to realize as well. Amen. You need the power and waking of the Spirit within you. You don't just obey the Word of God. And he makes that point clear in Romans chapter number eight. Uh, Romans chapter number 8 is following his despair over the misery caused by his indwelling sin in Romans chapter number 7, where he says that he does the things that he ought not to do, and those things that he ought to do, he doesn't do. And verse 24, Romans chapter number 7, verse 24, verse 24 uh, to 25, he says that um, he is in lament. He says that, uh, what a wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death. And he, verse 25, he says that, praise God for, for, for Jesus Christ. And then he quickly goes to Romans chapter number 8. Amen. And let me just quickly read uh, Romans chapter number 8. Because to Paul, the Spirit is the answer to this wrestling that is having with indwelling sin, with his former man. Amen. It's the same charge that is given to Ephesians. You cannot obey. You, you cannot do these imperatives. You cannot keep these instructions. You cannot put off anger through your own might. You have to rely on power that comes through the Spirit. Romans chapter number 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh shed their minds on the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit shed their, their minds on things of the spirit. Amen. So, the Spirit is the solution to the, to, to the warfare that Paul um, represents in Romans chapter number 7. Amen. Romans chapter number 8, 18, it makes it clear. Therefore, put to death the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit. Amen. So, friends, here's why you need to be strengthened to be to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Um, let me quickly make a case for this. Um, you need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might because Christ reigns. Amen. He has won the victory through his death and resurrection. He has already, he has already rendered defeat against our enemies, sin, the devil, 
He's seated at the right hand of God where he's making intercessions for us. Ephesians chapter number 1 verse 3. Amen. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Romans chapter number 8 verse 37. That is why you need to, to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In his might. Amen. You need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might because he is with us. Amen. We are to be strong in the Lord, courageous and not fear, for he is with us. Uh, Isaiah chapter number 43, it says that when you go through the waters, when you go through the fires, they will not consume you, for I am with you. Amen. And you see the same thing, uh, even as I quoted Joshua chapter number 1 verse 9. He's being encouraged to be strong in the Lord and to be courageous, because God is with him. You see the same thing in Deuteronomy 20, the, 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 the soldiers of Israel, they were to be courageous as they went into battle because they knew that their God was with them. Yahweh was with them. Amen. In Exodus 14, um, as, 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 as the people of God were approaching the, 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 the Red Sea, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord went before them. And we know that that angel of the Lord is none other but Christ Jesus. Amen. And, and Christ is manifestly present within us by his spirit. He says in John chapter 15, it is expedient that I go. And when I go, I will, I will send you my spirit. And we know that not only is God with us, he is in us. He is fighting for us. And that is the reason why we can be strong as we rage against, uh, against sin, against the devil, and all the temptations from this world. Amen. God is with us. The Holy Spirit indwells us and strengthens us and makes war against sin. Um, Ezekiel chapter number 36, verse 27 uh, is a promise of the new covenant. Uh, the Bible says that I will put my spirit within them. It's a new covenant promise. I'll put my spirit within them and I will cause them to obey my laws. Amen. That is what the Spirit does in us. Amen. And thirdly, God will fight for you. Be strong and courageous in the Lord because God will fight for you. Amen. And again and again, it is seen throughout Scripture, Exodus 14. The Lord says, I will fight for you. In, in, um, in Moses' songs, I don't know which chapter in Deuteronomy, but, but Moses describes God as a warrior who fought for his people in that exodus moment. Amen. He fights the, the, the battles of his people. When the soldiers of Israel were going to war, they knew that God was fighting for, uh, for them. Amen. Even for us, the Holy Spirit fights for us. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 8, um, Apostle Paul, he continues in Romans 8, he says that uh, the Holy Spirit, he makes intercessions for the saints, with, praying for them with groanings which cannot be uttered. He convicts us of our sin. Amen. Galatians chapter number 5, verse 16 to 18. Galatians chapter number 5, verse 16 to 18. Let me just quickly read it so that I don't misquote it. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Amen. So the, the, the Spirit, it, it battles, it is opposed, opposed to our flesh. So the Spirit fights for us. Amen. And, and, and lastly, the reason why um, you need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might is you cannot trust in your own strength. Amen. You are weak. Amen. Um, the Matthew Henry commentary says that we have no sufficient strength on our own. Our natural courage is as perfect cowardice. And our natural strength is perfect weakness. But all our sufficiency is of God, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We saying earlier that um, did we in our own strength confide when we were singing a mighty fortress is our God, our striving would be losing. Amen. 
your enemy is too fierce for you. You, you cannot fight against the devil. You, on earth is, is, is not his equal. But, but we need to be strong in the Lord because our strength comes from him. Amen. Do not despair over your weakness. Uh, trust in God despite your weakness. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12 that um, his strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. Rely on him despite your weakness. A servant of the people of God's major battles through history will show you that um, will show you that the people of God were weak. Pharaoh and his chariots, they were mighty, but God fought for his people. Amen. In Jericho, um, the people of God were instructed to blow uh, trumpets around the city of Jericho, and God brought victory for them. Amen. Gideon, God chose the least of men. He didn't want thousands and thousands of men. He was fighting for his people despite their weaknesses. And number of times you see in judges where the Spirit of God rushed upon the judges and he fought for his people. Amen. In Zechariah as well, Zerubbabel is told that it is not by might nor by power, but it is by my spirit, says the Lord. Um, let me read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 to, to 34. What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah of David, and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the age of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, becoming mighty in war, put foreign armies to, to, to flight. They were made strong in weakness. Um, therefore, friends, do not fear. Have faith, trust in God, and do the right thing. Of course, the, the, the battle might be fierce, but know that our victory is already won. Amen. Um, have courage, be strong and courageous. And I do not know what area of your life you need to apply this, where you might be cowardly. But as you hear this, this word uh, this morning, do not harden your life, your, 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 your heart. Amen. Um, cowardice, what cowardice is? Cowardice is just a failure to trust in God's promises. Amen. That's why in Deuteronomy 20, Cowards were not allowed to go into battle. They did not trust the promises of God. Amen. And Israel's failure to, to, to conquer uh, Philistine, when they saw that they, they had uh, chariots of iron, it was cowardice on their part. God regarded this as unfaithfulness. It was a failure to trust in God's promises. And friends, Revelation chapter number, uh, Revelation says that cowards will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. There is a generation that did not inherit the promised land because they believed the reports that they could not inherit the promised land because there were giants there. Amen. So, Hebrews 11, verse 6 to 7 says that without faith it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. So, I want you to introspect which area of your life have you been cowardly and not trusting in the Lord? It, it might be that unconfessed sin that is causing you misery, which you need to con confront. He is, uh, he is faithful and, and just to forgive. Amen. Uh, finally, uh, uh, this sex is not just a thing Apostle Paul just said uh, to join sentences. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Um, it implies importantly in light of what he was teaching the saints, um, the whole chapter of Ephesians, which I said earlier, was a church that was still in warfare. 
that firstly, uh, Paul is urging this special group of believers to be strong in the Lord as they put off sin, as they put off the old man and his former passion and works of flesh, uh, works of the flesh such as lying, anger, and bitterness. He reminds them that this is something that they cannot do on their own. They need to be strengthened by the power of the Spirit. And this is an area where most Christians falter, because many Christians often make this problem of believing that, oh, okay, I got saved by grace through faith alone, but now I have to finish the process. Uh, I have to finish the process of sanctification through my own strength. Or now that I've fallen into this uh, grievous sin, now that I'm struggling with this sin, let me pick myself up. You need to stop it. Stop it. Um, you are no match. You are no match against the powers of hell. Amen. We are saved, adopted, sanctified, and perfected by grace alone, through faith alone. And it is by the power of spirit. It is not by our own doing. The Bible says that so that no man may boast in Ephesians 2 verse 8. Salvation is a monogistic work of the triune God through and through. And this is the charge that Paul is giving to the Galatians. All you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has bewitched you? Having begun in the spirit, now you are seeking to be perfected in the flesh. Amen. You put to death the deeds of the flesh by the spirit. Just as Israel fought their enemies by trusting in the Lord who was with him. Amen. We fight sin by trusting in the spirit who is in us. By trusting the power of the spirit in us. We don't fight sin on our own. Uh, secondly, um, be strong in the Lord as you obey God in fulfilling your roles and responsibilities. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says that um, God shows us um, he has prepared us to do good works beforehand. Amen. And you see this uh, even when he chose Joshua after Moses' death and Solomon in First Chronicles 28 which I quoted earlier. You, ne you need to be strengthened by the power of the Spirit. Amen. David uh, uh, tells Solomon before he, he went on to, to, when he was charging him to build the temple, he told him that God has chosen you for this. So be strong in the Lord. Amen. So we need to know this uh, as believers. In every good way that God has called you to do, as a husband, as a father, um, as an employee, be strong in the Lord as God has prepared you for those good works. Rely on the power of the Spirit. Amen. Do, do, do not be cowardly. Trust in the promises of God. Amen. And, and, and I know it, it can be difficult to, to be a follower of Christ. To, when you read Ephesians 5, when it says that last husbands are to love their, their wives, that can be a difficult thing. It might be difficult to, to be a loving and leading husband. It, it might be difficult to be a submissive wife to... to an unbelieving man it might be difficult it might be difficult for children to obey or for, for, for employees to obey their, their, their employers, their ruthless employers uh, who are paying the meager salaries <laughs> it can be a mammoth task but God has prepared you for this good work he will enable you Amen. and, and, and thirdly to the church which Paul, calls, which Paul calls a mystery which was hidden for ages and called to showcase, showcase the manifold wisdom and glory of God to the principalities in heaven. Um, be strong in the Lord. God is mighty. He fights for you. Amen. Like Zechariah in Zechariah, like Zerubbabel in Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. You should know that the challenges um, that he confronted um, when he was rebuilding the temple of God, they are not fought by power and might, but they are fought by the Spirit of God. Amen. The challenges that we face as a church, they are not fought by power and might, 
They are not fought by pragmatism, but they are fought by the power of the Spirit. Amen. It is, it is, it is the Spirit who is building his church. Amen. And he has been doing that for the past 2,000 years. Don't fall into pragmatism, uh, wokeness, or winsomeness. Uh, it won't build the church. It is the Spirit of God which builds the church. Amen. The, 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 the apostles were told in Acts, uh, uh, Jesus told them that, tarry ye in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit that builds the church of God. Amen. And finally, um, to any unbeliever in here, um, I want to urge you as well to be strong in the Lord and power and in the power of his might because he is mighty to save. Isaiah chapter number 35, verse 4. Let me start in verse 3. So as I said, this is a theme that, that runs through the Old Testament. Strengthen the weak hands and make feeble the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Amen. Just as he delivered his people in the Old Testament, just as he delivered his, the Israelites from the, uh, from the tyranny of the Egyptians, from the tyranny of Pharaoh, he can save you. Just as, as, as Moses uh, was charging the, the, the Israelites to be strong in the Lord and not to fear the tyranny of Pharaoh, which in our case, typifies uh, Satan. God can't save you. Amen. That is not something uh, that you can do on your own. By your own might, you cannot save yourself. Ephesians chapter 2, it says that you were dead in your trespasses. But God, uh, Ephesians 2 verse 4 says that, but God being rich, rich in mercy, has made us alive in Christ. That, that but is your hope. Even though on your own, you, you cannot raise yourself from the dead, but God came and raised you from the dead. Amen. Even though you are, you, you know that you are steeped in your sin, you know that uh, you are a rotten corpse, but if, 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 when you hear this word uh, this morning, do not harden your heart. Believe that God can save you from your sin. Amen. Um, John chapter number 1 verse 12. John chapter number 1 verse 12 says, John chapter number 1 verse 12 to 18. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We were not born of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. Amen. To those that believe him, he gave them power to be called the sons of God. Amen. When, when you hear this word, uh, when, you, when, when you hear that Christ came and died for you, if you believe that, God can save you. Amen. Will save you. Amen. He, he is mighty to save. Amen. Now, friends, so to us all, I don't know how this message might have applied to you, but when you hear the word of God uh, at this morning, I urge you not to harden your heart. Do not be a coward. Do not fail to Trust in God's promise, promises. Of course, sin, um, sin is fierce. Our enemy is fierce. Amen. We go through many sufferings uh, in our Christian work. 
the Christian walk, it is warfare. But God has said things in His Word. He has promised things in His Word that He fulfills. And I want you to trust in those promises. Amen. Put to death the deeds of, of the flesh by the Spirit. Rely on the power of the Spirit in Christian warfare and in your walk with God. Amen.